ESPN 690 and Action Sports Shacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurt. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Southampton in St. John's County as the Dream 18 tournament is in the books and everybody out here was talking about a Jags win on Sunday, 24 to nothing W over the Indianapolis Colts. They absolutely own them. They dominated them. One of the most dominating wins we have seen in a long time. Somebody referenced, now listen, last year was pretty dominating too in that season finale. Now this one has so much more meaning for the Jags. It puts them at 500. They're actually in first place right now in the AFC South. So a ton of meeting early in the season. And it negates any chance of them going like 0 and 4 out of the gates against two tough opponents coming up on the back end of that Colts win. Uh, but I think you go back to maybe the Baltimore Ravens win a few years ago in London. Man, that was dominating. They just whooped up on Baltimore. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Jags end up getting the shutout win over the Indianapolis Colts. Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz here on a Monday. Just had Maurice Jones-Drew stop by for the last half hour or so. And now we welcome in former Jaguars cornerback Rasheen Mathis. Long-time NFL guy, and he joins us on Mondays to talk about uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, oh, Rasheen, how about a shutout, man? They're smiling in that defensive <laughs> meeting room today, aren't they? Hey, there's nothing better than a goose egg. Nothing, nothing <laughs> better than a goose egg. So, yes, it's, 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 it's very big smiles in the, in the defensive hey, meeting room for sure. Hey, let me ask you a little bit more about that because I thought like there was almost an urgency about them. You know, I know every I've interviewed enough guys to know that uh, everybody wants the shutout. Yeah, we want the shutout. We want the shutout. But I almost saw that game and was like, wow, there's an urgency about this. The play Rayshon Jenkins made in the back of the end zone to preserve the shutout at the time. And keep in mind, there were a couple of times that like, Colts could have kicked field goals, but they were down by so much they needed to score three touchdowns and three two-point conversions to have a chance. I just thought there was like this they were still playing for that shutout. Does that happen? Does it mean that much to a defense, Rasheed? It does, uh, because you don't want to be the guy who gives it up. <laughs> so <laughs> it definitely does. It means a lot. It means a lot to the defense because you don't see, you know, there's a couple handfuls that happen in all of the games the entire year, the entire NFL season. So you don't see too many of those. So once when you're able to get one, um, you better capitalize on it. Rasheed, I remember uh, I was traveling with the team back in 2007. I was up in the press box. We were in Kansas City. I believe you were on the roster. And it was 17-0 into the fourth quarter. And uh, the Chiefs end up going downfield and scoring. And we heard this huge banging, this huge commotion in the room next to us. Turns out that was where Mike Smith was calling the plays from. And he went absolutely ham on this room when the Chiefs scored. He really wanted that shutout very, very badly. It seems like... It's, uh, it's the holy grail for that defensive coordinator, obviously. Definitely, definitely. So that doesn't surprise me. I'm sure it was some banging and some, <laughs> man, and some choice of words. He was hot. Yeah, man. He was real hot. <laughs> uh, hey, Rasheen, this is six turnovers now, man, in two weeks. They had nine all of last year. We know what the importance of turnovers are. But they also have five sacks in this game. So they're getting to the quarterback. They're making splash plays. Is 
do we know yet? If, is this the defense that we're going to see? Is that what this defense is going to be about? I'm not going to say they're going to go shut out everybody. They'll probably give up some along the way because they have some inexperience and new parts. But are they going to kind of have an MO of, we're going to turn you over, and you're not going to be safe back there in the pocket? Well, that's it's a great start, I'll tell you that. Um, is that going to be their fingerprint? Um, we don't know yet. But, like I said, it's a great start. It's better than only having one sack and zero interceptions within in two games, right? So this right here is saying a lot. It's saying that the, the guys up front is getting after the ball, and when we're able to get our hands on the ball, we're, we're reeling them in. So this is a great start for the defense. Rasheen, uh, again, been covering this thing a long time, and you get some cliches going, uh, and sometimes it's coach speak, and sometimes they're cliches because, well, it's real. I mean, that's what happens. I, I say that's why cliches exist because, well, it happens all the time or people speak about it all the time. And a lot of folks like to say in NFL locker rooms, especially when you talk to defenses, hey, we're going to get those turnovers and they're going to come in bunches. Like, do, do you guys, are you trained to believe that or is it, is it really true? Is it like a trend in your experience of playing a game of football that when you get one, you usually get two? Yeah, and that's what we like to think as on um, as a defense. I, I guess the offense might say, okay, if you throw one, you're not going to throw another one. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, we like to think that they come in bunches. So we do train our mindsets. We trick our minds um, regardless of how you want to look at it. We believe that once you get your hand on the ball, good things will happen. So just keep adding pressure to the quarterback, keep being around the ball, and good things will happen. And it's happening for the Jaguars. You know, uh, Rasheen, if you look at the box score, you see Trayvon Walker had two tackles. He hit the quarterback once. Can you talk a little bit more about his day, something maybe that Jags fan might not see in the box score if they didn't watch his performance on the field? Oh, it's, it's just looking. He, he, he has a motor. Um, he, he has a, he, he's a football player. It's, it's some people that we call athletes. It's some people that we call football players. And he has a nose for the ball. He's always going to be around it. He has a motor. It doesn't stop. Um, so his, his activity and, and him being so active is a very, very impressive thing. And I'm watching him, and I'm watching his motor regardless of, regardless of if the ball is coming towards his way or if it's not. He's trying to get to the quarterback every play, and that's something that you need. It's only a few guys that I've been around with a motor like that and that just tries to get after the get, – try, trying to get a sack every play or just trying to get around the ball every play. They have a nose for it, and, and that's what he's doing. And by the way, how much does that help the secondary when you got a quarterback back there running for his life because you got guys like Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker coming for him every play? It certainly buys you guys a little bit of leash, doesn't it? Hey, you better um, get your get your Christmas gifts ready and get, <laughs> get ready to get them guys some, some praise because that's what makes our world easy, right? Like, that's that's what we, we need a front. We need a front on the back end. So, you know we're we're on a we, we're on the island, but at the same time we need some patrol patrolling to happen around that island before the ball comes to us. Yeah, absolutely, Rasheen Mathis with us on Mondays here on Brent and Friends at ESPN 690, along with Aaron Schachter and Casey Kurtz as well. We're live at uh, Southampton. We're at our Dream 18 golf tournament uh, today, and we keep talking about the Jags a little bit more. And uh, by the way, Trayvon did he didn't show up big in the stat comp. He almost did. Now he had that force fumble. Oh, so close to a force fumble, and then he almost got a deflection. Almost made a super athletic play on a, on a ball that was thrown to the outside. Uh, you know, you guys just talked about pressure. This is why I'm not a huge fan of Matt Ryan, and we've had this discussion all in the offseason. I think he's getting a little bit older, but he's so immobile. And if you look around the National Football League right now, Rasheen, it's really hard to play the quarterback position 
and be immobile. Like, that is such an advantage, I think, for a defense because, I mean, Tom Brady can get away with it. He's really, 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 really good. Uh, I'm not sure Matt Ryan can get away with it as much. He's been fantastic <laughs> in his career, and I'm not trying to knock him. I just think he's not Tom Brady good. And if you look at almost everybody else in the league that plays that position, they can use their legs. I mean, you must love that from a defensive standpoint when you don't have to worry about a guy beating you with his feet. Um, yes, you definitely do. You definitely do. Sorry about that. Um, no, that's all right. Do. Say hi to them for this us. Is, that, was the cutest, school, man. that was the cutest I've ever heard, Rasheed. <laughs> My little daughter. Um, so, you definitely, you definitely, um, you definitely have to be mobile. It's a, it's a different game. It's, it's definitely a different game, and and you're seeing it how how um, owners and ma- management is drafting these quarterbacks as well. They're looking for a little mobility, um, and it's hard to operate if your system is not geared to getting the ball out fast. I mean, eleven quarterback yeah. hits yesterday. You want to talk about pressure all day for Matt Ryan? That doesn't even tell the real story of uh, the times he wasn't hit, just running for his life, throwing that ball up, double and triple coverage. But good to see on the other side that Trevor wasn't, right, Brent? Good to see that he was only hit twice. He really had the pocket to himself for most of the day. Yeah, I mean, listen, he got it out quick, Rasheen. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, how impressed were you with him and his ability to play pitch and catch in such an accurate manner yesterday? It was impressive to see. I think it was what he went 7 for 7, and then at some point he was 11 for 10, and it kept going. So the the play calling – definitely favored him to get him going and and even when he took some shots it was some calculated shots that you know it, it, it the ball just wasn't thrown um it looked like it was close to being intercepted but the ball wasn't thrown just to be thrown he was trying to give his playmakers um some chances to make some plays and, and you like to see that in the quarterback you 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 want the defense to know that you will go up top and y'all better and better stay disciplined and, and and he had the defense doing that so i love what i saw from him we got Mojo on Mondays in the 3 o'clock hour. We got Mathis on Mondays in the 4 o'clock hour talking about another Jag. Well, a Jags win. Shouldn't say another just yet. But uh, Doug Peterson, I, I think, is a really good coach, and I think it's shown in two games. Rasheen, he had a lot to fix coming off last year. He talked about it. He's got to get some healing going on in that locker room. I think he's done that and then some. And then you see his play-calling ability. It's tough to defend Doug Peterson, isn't it? It is. Um, I, I like the aggressiveness that he's showing. Um, I like the poise that he's showing. Um, you know, he's going to go for it on fourth down. I think it was, I don't forget what quarter it was. I was actually even telling him, just go ahead and kick the field goal. Um, <laughs> we're up, I think we were up 17. It was when we were up 17-0, right? Um, and I was like, just go ahead and kick the field goal. Like, we're up 17-0, it could be 20-0. Um, but he went forward, and, and it worked. I like I, I liked that. So, uh, from a defensive standpoint, I know they – they love seeing it as well, um, especially when those things are executed well. So I, I love his play calling ability, um, and, I, and I love his aggressiveness. Yeah, so far, I mean, I think he's really been good. He's made a difference. Like, it jumps out at you. I mean, he owned the Colts yesterday. It the players have to go make plays, but he certainly just was uh, masterful in his play calling, in the game plan, and it just worked to a T. And then if you go back to last week, I still think Doug 
did some really good things. The guys just didn't make the easy plays um, during the course of the game at times. Brett Martin, no, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Rasheen Mathis talking about a 24 to nothing Jags win. All right, Rasheen, I know I've interviewed you many a time in a locker room after a game, uh, wins and losses, and, uh, you know, against after the wins, when you guys would have some good wins, you'd be like, yeah, but there's still stuff to clean up, and we got to fix this, and we got to fix that. And I heard that in the locker room yesterday when I was in there. But if I take the first three quarters, Rasheed, 24 to nothing, and you're watching that back on tape here on a Monday in the film room, I mean, are you really fixing anything? Like, was there anything to fix? Is that real? <laughs> yeah, it's really real, <laughs> especially when you're dealing with, with when you only have a certain amount of games in a season. Um, and you're not you're dealing with 17 games in a season, so it's really real because you have to understand that they're the, the coach missed some plays, right? Like we didn't have a perfect game, and that's what we have to look at from a from an organization and from a defensive standpoint and, and an offensive standpoint. From an organization standpoint, we didn't play a perfect game. So what spot we praise you when we need to praise you, but what spots can we get better in? And that's when you have a true sign of a really good team, when you're looking at those 24-0 to zero, um, win, just as well or just as much as you're looking at that loss from last week. And that's when you have a sign of a, the telltale sign of a, of a, of a true and a disciplined team. And you have to, you have to go about business that way. You know, over the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at Doug Peterson kind of wondering how he was going to work this team. We know he's a former quarterback. We know he loves to pass, but we also know he utilizes the, the backfield pretty well. We were looking at what he did in Philly, and then, Brent, if you remember, we were talking about uh, what he normally did out there. I just want to bring up last week, week one. Granted, the Jaguars were down for a lot of the game. Week one, pass to run, 60-40. All right, so 59.5% pass, and it was, uh, what is it, Uh, 41.5% run. Week two, 45% pass, 55% run. Do you think this is a trend? Do we know who Doug Peterson is? Mojo says we got to wait till week four to know anything. What do you think, Rasheen? I think the game would dictate a lot. I think the game dictates a lot. I think it, you understanding if you're dominating up front, if you keep punishing him, and the drives that we were able to put together yesterday, that's why as a defensive, on the defense side of the ball, we love those type of games because it allows us to play fast. Their offense don't get to see us as much as, um, we're as much um, the off, their offense um, didn't get to see us as much, and we're able to stay energized and, and, and keep our energy. So, I've seen yesterday uh, depleted defense on the coach side of the ball because we sustained drive after drive, and it was impressive to see. So, I would say it, 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 it determines on what you what you feel on how your front is playing that um, that day, and, and the front played well yesterday. Well, just to your point too. I mean, you talk about a fresh defense. Uh, by halftime, they Colts had run uh, 13, 16, 21 plays, Rasheed. 21 plays in the first half. I mean, heck, by the time the defense got in the, in the halftime, they probably thought the game hadn't even started yet. Right, 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 right. I totally agree with you. Cause they, they didn't even feel tested at that point. They did their job. They got off the field when they needed to get off the field, and the offense kept sustaining drive after drive. So that was – it was – 
I wish I, I, I might have could have played um, yesterday <laughs> um, on the defensive side of the ball. If you give me 20 plays in one half, I'll take it. I had a $5 million signing bonus. Don't forget the signing bonus. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Rasheen Mathis with us here on ESPN 690. Hey, I, I really, I just asked Maurice Jones through this in the last hour, and uh, I'm going to tell it to you the way I, I asked it to him, which was not very eloquent, quite frankly, <laughs> because I, I just don't, I really, I'm having a little bit of a hard time trying to get this layman's terms to to the folks out there. But follow me, people, if you're listening, and hopefully you're listening on ESPN 690, and see if Rasheen knows what I'm talking about. I think there's like a maturity about this young team. Uh, and we've seen all different makeups of teams over the years. And I'll tell you why I see that, Rasheen. Uh, first of all, we know the quality of guy they brought in here. Trevor is a mature 22-year-old. A guy like Devin Lloyd, go look at his story and, and what he's gone through over these last couple of years. And you knew coming in, you could feel that kid, uh, even though he's a rookie coming into the NFL. Trayvon Walker's a grown man, a humble guy. Doesn't get wrapped up in all the stuff, you know. These guys have been in the spotlight before. But to add to that, they didn't panic last week after a loss where they probably thought they should have won and they were a little ticked off, quite frankly. And then also, after the game yesterday, I watched them go in the locker room machine and it wasn't like we won a Super Bowl in Jacksonville. Now, meanwhile, the fans probably thought they won the Super Bowl in Jacksonville. There hasn't been a lot of wins around here. So I just, I, uh, am I reading into that potentially correctly that there's, you can be young, but you can still be mature and that could be really beneficial to Doug Peterson and this football team throughout the course of the year. Yes, I, I 100% agree with you, um, and and that and that matters. It, it matters a lot, actually, because there were it was probably maybe about four years ago, um, like we had a young team, and we can tell that we had a young team, right? Yeah, by yeah. the by different different situations and different scenarios with how they behave and how they carry themselves. But I think um, I think Doug has done a great job of implanting his his blueprint and the way he handled things and the way he want to go about things on this team. And it's showing throughout their play, throughout them being responsible. And like you said, this is this is this is a win we needed, but this is a small stepping stone because you know that mountain that, that mountain is high and we still have to climb. We, we, so we still have a long way to go. We, we still have um, some steps to take and to get better at. And I, and I think you've seen that, as you said, that, yeah, we won, but okay, let's, let's, let's look through this film and get a little better. And then we know we have some tough games ahead of us as well. I think the maturity well, point is yeah. even more important now when you, when you recognize that the Jags still have, like, the fourth or fifth youngest roster in the league. Average age of 25 years, 11 months, 7 days. You're 28 out of 32 there. It certainly doesn't look that way on the field, though, with the way these guys are playing. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and like you said, it's going to – if we can keep this up and, and and have that young roster grow year after year after year um, with some great cornerstone pieces at the quarterback spot and, and then tackle spot, some, some linebacker or D-line spots at the cornerback spots and whatnot, like that's how you build a franchise. And I think – we touched on it last week about, I think it was four or five players that was drafted um, in the top 33. It was something like that that we touched on last week about some key guys being drafted early and those guys are being able to make impacts. And when you're able to build a roster like that and you hit on those spots and not miss on those spots, that's, that's, that's a great sign for your organization. Brent, can I give you yeah. one, one stat before Casey Good. starts bumping us love with music to go to break? Because uh, I love this. I just saw this, and it lit me up. We've been talking a lot about 
uh, the Jaguars receivers. But, Brent, off the top of your head, I know I'm putting you on the spot, so you could say I don't know. But if you had a guess, where in the NFL Coop, uh, Cooper, where in the NFL Christian Kirk ranks in receptions of 20 yards or more, what rank would you give him this season, this young two-week-old season? Well, I don't say I don't know to anything, okay? So um, <laughs> that's not going to be happening here. Uh, I, I do know that he's in, like, top seven or eight in a lot of statistical categories yeah. right yeah, now. that's true. Uh, so I'll probably, because you're giving us that question. Oh, context clues. I'm I like it. I'm going to say, like, fourth. Fourth is a good guess because Christian Kirk right now is third. Cooper Cup, fourth. Justin Jefferson second, and of course, Tariq Hill first. He got like four out of his five passes for 20-plus yards yesterday. Christian Kirk having a dominant season so far. Yeah, it's been really good. Really good start to the to, – I mean, listen, well, we're going to bring up the money all the time with Christian Kirk, but he's obviously been a really good investment. And by the way, to what Rasheen was just talking about in the maturity, this guy – Hey, do you know Christian Kirk really well, uh, Rasheen? Because he is like a pro's pro. Like, he, you'd love him. Yeah, I, I do not know him, and I haven't met him yet. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm seeing the energy that he's bringing on the field and how his teammates are, are um, gathering around him. So it seems like he is a really, really good guy. Yeah, and, and you can just feel, like, just sometimes answering questions, and he's that guy, man. I mean, he, he learned from Larry Fitzgerald, so uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good uh, mentor to have, and now I think he's spreading that in the locker room for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, uh, here's what I want you to do, Rasheen. It sounds like you, your daughter just got home from school or something, so make sure you ask her how her day went during the commercial break, um, and we're going to take a timeout. And when we come back, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams for the Chargers next week. How good are those guys? Can the Jags defend them with what they got? What do they have to worry about with the Chargers, uh, who can really light it up but might be a little banged up? We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, coming up with Rasheed Mathis, joins us on Mondays at 4 o'clock. And uh, we're back on Brighton Friends on ESPN 690, live from the Golf Club at Southampton, right after this. Deflection and the shutout for you in the end zone. I mean, you guys obviously want to put that zero on the board. Oh, the deflection. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, man, I was so locked in, but I was just on airplane mode out there. But uh, yeah, the, the late deflection at the end there—that was huge, man. Our whole mentality when somebody steps in our red zone, especially this year, is they don't score. You know, if they can't score, they don't win, especially not a touchdown. You know, three points is, is, is enough. You know, we'll settle for three point seven. We can't, we can't let you get that. That is Rayshon Jenkins, who, by the way, played his best game as a Jaguar. I know uh, just about everybody feels that way. He had a rough season last season. Let's be honest. He got hurt. Uh, he got ejected from a game. He had another personal foul. He really didn't have great play. you got to wonder about a guy like that. Did he just not thrive under Urban Meyer? You do wonder about some of those guys that had tough times at, at uh, times last year. And uh, can't give him all that excuse, but maybe this is a better situation and he'll be more productive, and he certainly was. It wasn't just the interception for Rayshon. Jenkins. Number two was just about everywhere. He gave up a big play down the middle of the field. Uh, but I, I'm a big believer. Guys are going to give up plays. And and so you have four pass deflections as well. I just felt like he played with a sense of urgency, uh, which was kind of cool. When you can see a guy doing that on the football field, I'm sure they all are doing that. But when you can actually see it and it jumps off to you, I always think that's pretty neat. Brent Martin, 
back here at the, the Golf Club at Southampton, home of our Dream 18 for 2022 once again. And we just finished a fantastic day. Thanks to everyone who helped us uh, raise money for North Florida Junior Golf Foundation and also St. Michael's Soldiers. Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz back in the studio. Casey's been getting after it since Monday morning madness. He'll have overtime with Kurtz and Middleton coming up at 6 o'clock. And, well, I mean, Schachter, you've been getting after it too. I mean, you had 96.9 the Eagle this morning. I'm a busy boy. Yeah, that's how I do it. You are. Meanwhile, we gave uh, uh, Rasheen a, a little chance to at least say hi to the family um, after <laughs> school, and uh, he's back with us. Uh, did um, Rashawn Jenkins? I'm sure you didn't watch him. We put you more to work now, Rasheen. So I, I don't know if you watched him much last year, but I mean, did number two yesterday watching that game stick out to you as much as he did to the rest of us? He definitely did, um, and and I think you need games like that. It's just a bounce back game, um, right? So, and it's a, it's a good start to your season. Um, you know, there's more than I, I guess. I think fans don't realize there's more than one game that starts the season, right? There, there is the first quarter of your season, and how well do you play the first quarter of your season? Which we, when we're in the fam room or when we're in the team room, we kind of break games down into break, break the season down into quarters. And how do we do? How do we do the first 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 quarter of the season? And he 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 flew around yesterday. He was everywhere, like you said. Um, to get your hands on that many balls, whether regards to how many you pull in, that means you had a very active day, and I'm sure he had probably like seven or eight tackles as well. So it, it was a very productive day for him. It wasn't a big day to notice the secondary outside of those plays. I mean, Matt Bryan wasn't really that good. They didn't have a lot on the outside. They were they weren't they didn't have Pittman or, or Alec Pierce, um, and they didn't have the ball much, as we talked about earlier, Rasheen. Uh, so, I mean, did that secondary play well, in your opinion? Uh, or was it kind of one of those games hard to judge outside of the Cisco pick and the Rayshon pick? Yeah, they, they played they play well. And I was watching them close. Um, I, like I said, we, we did a great job on the offensive side of the ball of, of, of withstanding and drives. So we didn't get tested as much. But when we did get tested, I, the DB was in some good spots. Um, and they, they eliminated some plays. They... Um, Made made Matt look elsewhere. He had to go to two and three reads, and it was all you wanted wanted on the defensive side of the ball. So they they played very well. Now, Brent, I know earlier on I was pretty supportive of Matt Ryan. I thought you guys were besmirching the man, saying that maybe uh, he's too immobile for the NFL. But he certainly looked the part yesterday. Do we think it was a bad game for Matt Ryan, or do we think it's going to be a bad season for Matt Ryan? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one, I'm Rasheen. I mean, I, I don't. I'm gonna go with Rasheen here. Rasheen, I'm stealing your line. <laughs> one game doesn't make a season. Not gonna give a grade yeah, after the first two games, right? I mean, but like, and I do agree with that. Like, I think guys have bad games, and I'm not saying Matt Ryan stinks. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying I, I'm not afraid of the guy because he doesn't beat you with the legs, and I do think he's a tick toward the end more than he is in his prime. And uh, I do wonder this, and I don't know how you feel. You can comment on it, too. Uh, you, you, you've you got to have a lot of respect for Matt Ryan, Rasheen. I mean, you went against him for, uh, shoot, probably seven or eight years, I would guess. Yes, yes, yes. Um, definitely a lot of respect for him. Um, like you said, he's, he's, he's a little long in the tooth in football years, but those are the guys that I kind of cheer for and, 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 and hope, that, hope that they do have a decent year because I've, I've been there. Uh, but he looked uncomfortable yesterday he did look uncomfortable but i would say that like you said it's it's, it's one game um it, it's the very it's the start of the season and you know he has a lot of history behind him of playing well so 
if he was going to have a, a good season. I, I'm, I might I might bet on that before I bet on anything. Yeah, I'm just sitting here looking at it going, man, if I'm Matt Ryan, I'm in Atlanta last year, just getting the snot beat out of me by that uh, by the defensive fronts that I'm playing going, I got to find a safer job. And then you look at Indy. You're right about that. You look at Indy, and it's like they got this stalwart offensive line with these pro bowlers and, uh, you know, already anointed future Hall of Famers on it. And it's like, all right, that's where we're going. And he's running for his life yesterday. You got to feel for the man. Well, that, then, then that's when you give the, the Jags front credit, right? Yeah, man. Like, they, 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 did a, they, did a, they did a really good job of getting out of the quarter. Great job. I will say this, though, okay? I, I'm not – I'm not giving up on Matt Ryan this year as being just this terrible quarterback. And, and he doesn't have to do everything if they're healthy. We can't disregard Pittman was out. And Jonathan Taylor didn't play well. The Jags did a great job, to Rasheen's point. I'm not sure the offensive line is as good as everybody keeps saying it is. But beyond that, Rasheen, you guys take this thing one week at a time, one week at a time. But sometimes are there losses that derail you more than others? And if I was an Indianapolis fan, if I'm a Colts person in that building, I'm wondering just how much this one might have derailed us because they tied against Houston. That was unexpected in week one. They just got throttled by the Jags. They've now lost four regular season games in a row under Frank Reich. They've tried different quarterbacks. This one doesn't look like it's working to the way they wanted it to. And, oh, by the way, they've got the Kansas City Chiefs up next in the Indy home opener. I mean, are there losses that just are like, uh uh-oh, more than maybe, oh, we'll get them next week? Yeah, well, these are these are the type of losses that you have to bounce back from, and it doesn't help when you, like you said, you have a monster stand you stand you in the face, staring you in the face um, the next week with Kansas City. But that's when you look back on the season and you'd be like, okay, well, we knew we had Kansas City, we have to get this win, um, and and that's how the season will always unfold for for many teams when you look back on, on the season because this one hurt so bad and are we able to recover from this loss? Um, and if you're not able to get a win next week, that's when, like I said, you weren't able to recover because you had another monster stand you in the face and you didn't capitalize on a good team, but maybe not the best team in the league as of right now from with the Jacksonville Jaguars because they're in the building phase of it. And you will, as an organization, you're kind of saying, okay, this is a must-win here because we have a tough one um, against Kansas City next week. How about this stat, guys? You just threw a stat at me about Christian Kirk in yep. the last segment. I did, yeah. Right, Aaron? Yes. I'm gonna, I think you might have seen this by now. It's been going around, but if nobody has heard it, I think it's worth telling. The Jags, the Jets, the Lions, and I think the Giants are included in here as well, all won on the same day in the National Football League for the first time <laughs> since 2011. 2011. Somebody buy a lotto ticket. Wow, two of those teams you played for, Rasheen Mathis. I mean, uh, maybe it's a new day in the NFL. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It, it definitely <laughs> might be a new day in the NFL for sure. <laughs> hey, speaking of the NFL, I asked Maurice Jones through this too. I mean, this is a crazy league, Rasheen. I mean, what is going on in these first two weeks? Why does nothing work out like we think it's going to work out? How do people come back from two touchdowns down with a minute 22 seconds to go? How does Tua throw six touchdowns against that Baltimore Ravens defense and they blow a 21-point lead? I mean, I, it's like the inexplicable. Listen, I don't. I I had a hard time believing that. Like I, I had a hard time believing that. Uh, for any quarterback, right? Like that's a lot of tubs in in one quarter. 
So, like, I don't I, – that's, that's impressive. That's, that's impressive. At the same time, it's demoralizing as a defense to give up that many touchdowns in a quarter. Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins got this huge win, and again, uh, pretty notable that the uh, I like the Lions. By the way, I, I you know have you been paying attention uh, to the Lions at all? Uh, because I I kind of like what they're doing. They play hard, and I wasn't a huge Dan Campbell guy at the start of this thing, but now I their offense is doing some things. I'm, I'm a little surprised, Aaron, by by uh, Detroit, and I guess they're surprising me. I think they're going to be a tough out for everybody, and I'm kind of hoping the Jags are like that. Like, even against the Chargers, heavy underdogs. Philadelphia, probably heavy underdogs. You just hope you're a really tough out, and then you pull some upsets. It's, it's some interesting parallels between the two teams and a uh, young upstart defense and the fact that on offense, I think a lot of people looked at the Lions and went, well, you got some scary uh, weapons there in the backfield. I don't think they were expecting too much out of Jared Goff and the wide receivers. I'm on, say, uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, but... I mean, they've been throwing it all over the field, just like the Jaguars. And, I, and, yes, while those running backs are dangerous and racking up yards, too, that's a scary offense with a lot of potential over in Detroit, just like it is right here. Yeah. Um, uh, we got Rasheen Mathis uh, keeping an eye on the Jags probably more than the Lions and, and probably more than the Chargers. But I do want to ask you about these guys if they're facing next week. Uh, Mike Williams, big dude, Rasheen. Keenan Allen. Uh, I gotta believe, from your perspective, he'd probably be more of these surgical route runner, just pros, pro guys who are really difficult to go against because uh, they're gonna be there every down, every play. He's banged up. We're not sure if he's gonna play. Justin Herbert's banged up. I think he will play. Uh, what do those two re- receivers present for this secondary, the Jags? Oh, it, it could be a long day. It could be a long day. So you better you better bring your hard hat because it's gonna be some some tough battles. Um, to be false um, come come Sunday. So it's it's those those guys like you said, pros, pro, big guys know know how to make plays, um, and, and it's going to try to. Com- and they're competitors. They they're going to compete every play, not taking plays off. So it's gonna it's gonna be a good test for for, for the secondary. A really good test. Yeah. Did you did you like by the way? Would you rather go up against a big body guy or like a precision guy at the receiver position? Well, it, it depends on how what, what side of the bed I woke up on, um, <laughs> <laughs> because you, it's, it's like you know I'm, I'm a youth golf right. A different person kind of win the tournament every every week because you never know how your body is gonna gonna respond once you get out there. Some days your feet are a little faster than others. Some days they're a little heavier than others. So um, I I was kind of in the middle, so I was able to hold my own against any size receiver. Um, but it just depends on, on on how my feet was moving that day, on, on who I wanted to face. That's interesting. Yeah, and I could see that, too. Uh, you know, and it, actually, you kind of jog my mind a little bit about the West Coast coming up. I have this belief, like, make this London trip. I feel terrible when I get to London. Like, I don't feel like I could give my best sports cast. I don't know how these guys go and play football to the best of their ability, um, and, you know, and have their A game. The West Coast is a riddle for a lot of East Coast teams, but really the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, is it a thing? Do you just not feel your normal self when you go from Jacksonville to L.A. and just don't feel like, well, when you woke up that day, you're going to get, like, the best out of whatever player you think you are? Well, you're hoping that you get the best out of yourself. Um, But, you know, even going on vacation and visiting, um, (laughs) I don't feel myself when I go over there trying to catch up with those three hours. So for some reason it is it is it is a task, and but you know we, hopefully we got somebody that has to come over us come over on the east coast that 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 feels the same thing 
when um, we play them as well. But it is a task, and it's, it's unknown why and how you um, play so terrible or you don't play as good once you go over there. Uh, but it, it's been done. It's been done, but it's a, t- it's a tough task. Yeah, and I think, by the way, the Jags are going to go on Saturday, and, and part of the reason for that, they've talked to, like, sleep people and all the study and the mm-hmm. science and say, hey, it's better to just go there later and stay on the clock and don't have to worry about the body adjusting. And so that's what uh, the Jags are going to do and go on Saturday instead of Friday out there to L.A. this week. Uh, one last one for you, then I'm going to let you go uh, for the afternoon. Rasheen, uh, Mathis on Mondays joins us talking Jags and talking the NFL. You just brought up the size, and, and I asked you about the precision guy. Did this Is the speed guy the one that you just don't ever want to face because you're afraid he's going to burn you? Or, um, I mean, is... I mean, I know you're confident in your abilities, but I guess I'm asking, like, what guy do you not want to go against out of the three if I gave you A, B, and C? One that has a complete pack, package. Like, um, let's say Megatron. He's big, he's fast, he runs good routes. He runs good okay. routes. So you almost got to be perfect on days like that. So um, when, when, when you face Calvin Johnson and um, a guy that you if you put your hands on him, he can run through your hands. If, you, if you're not good, with your with your feet, um, he could beat you in this route. Or if you're, you know, you guess wrong, he can run by you. Um, so that, those are the, the 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 big, strong, fast, um, blessed guys that's able to get in get in <laughs> get in and out of their break. Those are probably the toughest guys. I got to imagine the talented guys with the chips on their shoulder are also not fun, like a Steve Smith or a Heinz Ward. Always looking to hurt somebody. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Those are guys that makes you want to. Um, you know, meet him in the alley after the game because <laughs> because you know what type of energy they're bringing. And then, but you need that energy. You need those are the guys that you hate when you're playing against them, but you love them when they're on your team. So you have to you have to respect those guys as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, interesting. I want to talk more about that as we go along with uh, Rasheen on Mondays. Just talk about the different types of receivers that you got to face and and how do you attack them and study them. Um, along the way, and especially after you've seen them a bunch. I mean, listen, everybody's seen Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I mean, there are not a lot of secrets there, I wouldn't imagine. Now you just got to go get the job done on Sunday, and can you do it, or are they just a little bit better than you on a Sunday? We're going to find out with the Jags as they go to L.A. next Sunday. All right, uh, Rasheen, we're going to let you go, man. Appreciate you jumping in on a Monday uh, and talking about a Jags win this time around. We'll see if we can do it again next week. Exactly. Great. Um, thanks for having me, guys. Y'all have a great week. See you, Rasheen. All right. That's uh, Rasheen Mathis. Mathis on Mondays. Had Mojo on Mondays as well in the 3 o'clock hour. So you can always go back and listen to the podcast, Action Sports Jackson. Check it out on YouTube as well. When we come back, Brett Martineau here at the Golf Club at Southampton. Uh, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz back in the studios. Let's get Casey's uh, reaction to some of this. Casey, I also want to know how did people react this morning to Monday Morning Madness, our reactionary show. Were they mad, Casey? about the win. All the madness. <laughs> Nothing to be mad about, but there's madness in a different way. Maybe Ooh, mayhem I like in a it. different way. Should we change the name of the yes, show already? Because the Jack's got to win. Three weeks in is the perfect <laughs> time to change the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we do it all here. We're a little unconventional at times. Exactly. On ESPN 690, Brent and Friends continues here on a Monday, a victory Monday. Jags beat the Colts 24 to nothing. They have a better chance of winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy G than they would with Trey Lance right now because of the experience factor, all right? So to me, I I think, you know, I I know what... uh 
uh, what Dan's talking about, you know, can he get you the big game? Hell, he's gotten to so many big games before. Will he win it? I don't know. But he can get you there. That's, that's for sure we know. The first captain of feet, the titan of the toes, my man Rex Ryan. What? You love that guy, don't you? He's my guy. He's one of my top three favorite head coaches slash managers of all time. Who are the other two? You got Michael Davey Wilson. Johnson at number one. Davey Johnson at number I one. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Valentine at number two. And okay, Valentine's Rex, two. Rex Ryan at number three. So you're a love uh, Valentine guy. Oh, my. I love this dude. Love him. Uh, Mustache uh, and glasses well, and all. I, so you like the whole bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's Valentine. Of, was, he was just desperate to be out in the dugout, man. He was very entertaining. Loved the guy. And he was a good, he was a good manager. Well, the Red Sox. Uh, I have so. a big question. <laughs> Maybe we should change this, uh, save this for tomorrow. But uh, Casey, um, yep. how are your Trey Lance cards doing? Um, <laughs> well, it's funny. Um, I Well, it's not funny. I uh, I almost texted you guys during right after it happened, uh, but I I pulled back. I decided not to bother you guys. Okay. But um, it, it's not good, Brent. I'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Like it's a bad situation when you know uh, when you saw the video of it. I, like I'm wondering that he went through a successful surgery today. They said, but like from the looks of it, I'm like, is he playing again? Like, that's how I felt when I first saw it, to be honest with you. Especially a guy who relies on his bad. legs so much, right? Yeah, like, I'm not going to describe it on the radio if you didn't see it, but it it was bad. You know, Brent, in English class, they teach you about a dangling participle. That's pretty much what Casey's saying the uh, foot looked like <laughs> yes. yesterday. It is what I'm saying, yes. Um, I, I know, but you know what's interesting about that? And I didn't see a lot of replays. I just saw the one angle, like the play. And it's, it looked very innocent, you know? It wasn't like an open. A lot of times, those kind of things will happen in the open field or on an odd sack, or it just looked like a typical play, and it went sideways on him. I feel like we see that in the athlete way more than we did before. A couple basketball guys. Who was it? Hayward. Remember? Um, Kevin Ware. Dad, Kevin Ware. Yeah. Kevin Ware. Uh, and and now Trey Lance, and I'm probably missing some. You know, well, Robin Ventura famously shattered that ankle on a slide into third, but we don't have to talk about that. That's fine. You know, I, I'm a little uncomfortable with the whole conversation today, but I get it. And I feel like I was thinking Trey Lance, okay, he's out for the season, but the immediate question is, are the 49ers now better off and have a better chance? Their odds went up to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, think so. Yeah. yeah. You know, but isn't that kind of – I don't like that. I mean, this kid, this kid, I hate it for the kid because sure. I want to see how good these guys are. I want to see how good that draft class is. And I want to see how good Zach Wilson is. I want him healthy. I want Trevor to stay healthy. I want Justin Fields. I want Trey Lance. I, I want Mac Jones. Like, I want to see these guys play a few years because I think they all could be pretty good. And some will hopefully be great, but, uh, you know, I think they all can be pretty good. Now we don't get a chance to see that, and I just feel for the guy because the immediate question is, okay, we got Jimmy G. And, and by the way, guys, 49ers got lucky. They didn't lucky. want Jimmy G. Holy smokes, how lucky. That this guy stashed on the bench. Excuse me, Jimmy G. You mind if we take that clipboard back for a second? Why don't you get on out there on the grass, Bubba? Hey, who's Casey, that if I, was G if I was Jimmy G, Casey, I'd go into the office today and I'd be like, I want that $20 million from my contract before. I would, too. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation, but uh, y'all better pay it up because... <laughs> You know, it, it, it's it's such an odd – the whole thing is odd, Brett. I'll never forget the soundbite that we played last year during the playoffs where Kyle Shanahan was like, 
We thank Jimmy G for his service, but we both know it. I swear he did it. And I played the sound without Good listening to it. Future endeavors. And the yeah. three of us were like, what is he talking about? And now he's his quarterback again. Like, yeah, I wonder if there's like a hidden storyline there. Like, Jimmy G hates this guy because he tried to get rid of him like 85 times. I think Jimmy G is fine right now. He's fine. He's putting on his show. He doesn't even need a one-year prove-it deal. He's doing it right now. This is it. This is the deal. That's actually a good point, yeah. Yeah, football at 5 coming up on Britain Friends on ESPN 690. How big of a day was that for Trevor Lawrence, guys? That's where I want to go when we come back on ESPN 690.